Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. It is a good day, ladies and gentlemen. It's a very good day. I had to sit down and think, why am I happy? Why am I happy? Because something happened to me that would normally be bad, and I, I have for over a decade taken maneuvers and actions and preparedness for such a contingency. Maybe it's the fact that I played this one right. But let me tell you a story. I want to t- I would like to tell you a story. Now, DT of the Black Brigade debrief at blackbrigade.org, who unfortunately ended his podcast, he had enough. He was not getting the listenership that he wanted. He told the story, you can listen to one of his podcasts, where Mrs. DT was given her presumed she got her dream job. And you knew it was not a dream job because who was the boss? The boss was a baby boomer. And there is no such thing as a dream job because everyone is out there to screw you over. We're going to try and do a curse-free podcast. So she was telling me about this. Everything seemed wonderful. It's exactly what she wanted to do until the baby boomer boss started basically reneging on the deal. Oh, no, you can't work from home. Oh, no, you can't do this. Oh, no, you, oh, I said, I know I said this, but we can't say it. Wells Fargo tried to do that to me. I said, I, I had the right to, contingent on my employment. My boss has switched out one time, got a new boss. My old boss got promoted. New boss was like, well, we had some complaints that you just get up and go whenever you want. I said, yeah, because that was contingent on my employment. Is that I could get up and go. Well, some people don't like that. So we're and then that idiot, that idiot was shocked when I handed in my resignation. I, I got to see you, bye. Anyway, so after enough lies, and that's what it is, lies, deceits, I would say theft of other people's labor. I also think there's a sadism. There's a psychological component to pretty much every uh, middle manager and senior manager out there. Uh, Mrs. DT just quit. So that's it, I'm done. Now, how could they do that? How could they with two kids? Well, Well, if you ever listened to the Black Brigade debrief with DT, and formerly the man, you would find out that DT practiced minimalism. You will find out that DT did not put things and money and and financial wealth first. He certainly, that was on the forefront, but in, in a weird way, he did put it first and foremost by requiring that he needed the least amount of it. He focused on his daughters, two nice little kids, Bert and Ernie. He focused on Mrs. DT because he loves her. And he focused on his own mental health. And so what they did is was a bit, they got a, a very humble home out in the sticks of the Twin Cities. Uh, he paid it off early. They had very frugal living. I visited. I visited. And, and, and to tip my hat to DT, unlike pretty much every one of you other idiots out there, even if you do listen to me, you guys always go with the cars. You always are going with the cars. I had uh, the Denver Ben, the great Denver Ben. He's, he always goes through this midlife crisis, even though he's not even, is he 30 even yet? 
dude, like, what What if I got a good deal on a Cadillac Escalade? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> no. Do you have a mortgage? You do? Why don't you pay that off first? Then you can talk about Escalades. Y'all dodged that. Marcus, shame on you in Chicago. You had to get a fancy car. All these, oh, yeah, oh, we, we read Bachelor Pad Economics. We know frugality. And then when it comes to practice, nobody implements it. Well, DT did. They have used cars, humble cars. He uses the YouTubes to fix everything. He heats his own house with free wood. He's, he, like me, is a master of repairing and maintaining and using the chainsaw. He fixes, his, uh, fixes the fridge, fixes the computers, fixes the cars. And he's a stay-at-home dad that occasionally works from home. And I know this is a foreign concept to pretty much every generation out there now. There's a parent at home to take care of the children. And they're happy. They're a happy family. So they were going to go and get a, a second lake home. They were going to celebrate. And they're kind of they're on the fence. And they're like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't it. And I, I kind of said, do not get a second home. Do not get a second lake home. And uh, sure enough, it came to the point where the mental pain of having to deal with psychopaths, liars, cheats, frauds, and other scumbuckets known in bosses, known as supervisors or managers, who are used to and accustomed to debt slaves, to wage mules, to, to alimony uh, 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 hostages, who are used to being able to just rankly abuse their employees. She said, no, screw you, shove it. We don't have a mortgage no more. We are minimalists. We can live on DT's part-time income. We have love. We watch Mystery Science Theater 2000. The kids are going to grow up a little weird and skewed because their father makes them watch horror movies. It's very odd. And Uncle Cappy kind of, oh, I don't even want to watch Poltergeist. You go watch that stuff. Weird, those kids. They, they like uh, Freddy Krueger. It's like, what the heck is wrong with you? You're seven. Anyway. And they were free. They were free. And it's not even, it's, it's not that they have the money and the low budget. That, that is great unto its own regard. And it's not that Mrs. DT doesn't have to suffer what other people do with a commute and lies and deceits and mental manipulation and say that just say this and you guys all know that because you've had irrational bosses you've had them and they account for at least 60% of them but I think the best story the best aspect even better than those two things which very few people achieve in life is they got to stand up and hold up their pride they got to keep they said no you're not treating me right and I don't need you, so F off. I'm done. Now, the old captain, and I can't mention too many details here, but the old captain just had a similar experience. And the old captain, I, I have a client, let's just say, and the client, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. They found out, I said, hey, too bad. In the olden days, I would, well, I need the money, I need the money. And I wasn't even, a, you know, I certainly was a minimalist uh, by force. And I did need the money. Oh, whatever you want. One well, of the rare times I ever groveled. And I felt bad about it. And I felt horrible. But you got to do what you got to do to survive. But after 15, 20, 25 years, depending on how far back you want to go, learning and practicing minimalism, learning to repair my own things, Learn to get by on very little, and above all else, just beating the ever-living hell out of the mortgage 
and landing that final blow that knocked my opponent down and it never got out. Not even a TKO. God almighty. Damn well near a 17-year battle with a mortgage. I had two houses and traded one in for the other. And so that's why it was 17 years. But knocked that effort out. Finally knocked it out. And now, it, once you get rid of your mortgage, once you don't have living expenses, it's, it's cake. It's cake. You don't need the money. You just don't need the money. And you add on top of it that I'm already a minimalist, that I already repair my own things, and now that I'm starting to get into cooking. The one luxury I granted myself, I'll tell you this, the one luxury that I did grant myself was going out to eat uh, because I'm so busy with all the other stuff going on and asshole consulting and writing uh, blog posts and doing the podcast, and I want to work out, I want to stay healthy, I want to lift weights. Um, I would eat out, but then I did the math, and as Adam Piggott told me, because he's got a couple of years of wisdom on me. It's cheaper and healthier. And so I've been eating at home. So I'm going to be saving a little bit more money. Not the drinking. All that stuff results in me not having to have that much. I don't need that. that I don't need that much money. The one luxury I have was eating out and even that's gone. So now I'm totally free. Totally free. So when this client came in and says, well... We don't like this, and we don't like that, and um, you know we might have to think some things through. And they were very professional and polite about. It. Do not, do not get me wrong. I said, "Yeah, that's too bad. That's uh, that's too freaking bad." Because by the way, those things you don't like that I do, um, that makes me way more money than you did, than you pay me. Me doing my things, my entrepreneurship. Oh, you know, like Google? I, I, I talked to this one Google employee. They're not allowed to have any other sources of income. Oh, my gosh. You, these, these employers, these people think they own you. They think they own your lives outside of the work you do for them. They think that they have the right to morally legislate what you do. No, it reminds me of when I when I interviewed at that bank over in Rapid City. I thought I was on seventh heaven. That was the last time I got hopeful. The last time I got hopeful. And I realized everyone's scum. And they gave me the job offer and I was happy and this was great. And then they called me up and said, Well, we we got some concerns. I'm like, what what is it now, you idiot banking scum? What is it now? Well, when you came into the office, you weren't smiling. Yeah, that's because it was at seven thirty AM. Nobody smiles at seven thirty, and we need we need to have a face, you know, that's happy and greeting people. And then you you said that you wanted to teach dance classes. We're not sure about that. You'll be a public figure representing us. I said, all right, that's it. Give the job to the old guy because there was an old guy interviewing for it. So I give it to the old guy, and then the dead silence. See, they they just expect that they can run you over. They think they own you. They think that you're just a wage slave and a debt slave like everybody else who's got a mortgage you can't afford, a car loan you can't afford, a wife you can't afford, and student loans you still haven't paid off because wifey people went and got her master's and you got to put the kids through school. They just assume that you are their bitch, that you are their property and you will kowtow to what they want you to do, not only in terms of what you're employed to do, but what you do in your own personal freedom, American-loving life. And you can't. See, that's the thing. You guys can't. Most of you can't. Now, most of my listeners can because they're on the way. But most Americans can't because they swallow whole the BS. They swallow whole the lies. They swallow, and, and, and to this day, I think one of the, the greatest accomplishments of the left has been getting people to obey like lemmings and sheep, but then regurgitate the talking points that they're all independent-minded and critical thinkers. <laughs> 
Oh, it's great. Bravo to the leftists. But not if you are a minimalist and you have your house paid off and you have all your, like 80% of my income comes self-employed. Like not contingent. Like I don't answer. I don't have like an actual client. Like this is the last kind of quasi-employment thing I ever have to deal with. And just like Mrs. DT, where, and, and keep in mind, these people were not abusive. They were no, they never lied. I, I don't mean to besmirch them or anything like that. But when it was basically, hey, you did this thing over here in your private life we're not too sure about. And we don't know. And I was like, bye. See ya. That's, I understand. I understand. And I do. I'm like, yeah, you got to run your business however you want. But I'm not giving this up. <laughs> Give up asshole consulting? Are you joking me? Are you joking me? These all these people, they gotta drive to see the bosses gotta drive to their commutes anyway. They gotta drive to their commutes, they gotta sit in traffic, they gotta they gotta do the nine to five. I sit in bed with my laptop answering emails, sipping my freaking cup of coffee. And then I get up, half the time I don't even shower. You guys have seen you guys you guys know, you guys know. When old captain hasn't taken a shower today. Asshole consulting, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> Bob writes, I met a girl and she stood me up. What should I do? Well, Bob, you stupid pansified putts. I'm never giving that up. And that's, I had the same thing. The same thing with less animosity, I'd have to say. Where, well, if you, you can't, you're like, bye, see ya. Adios. <laughs> Don't need it. And it's not that there's the freedom. There's the freedom that comes. That's certainly it. Uh, and, and it's not that I have the house paid off and I don't need the money. That's certainly another great thing too. What it was is for the first, not for the first time, one of the rare times, because these situations don't present themselves that often. I got to tell people no and stand up for myself, hold my guns and come out in the end on top. It happened every once again. It doesn't, the situation doesn't present itself. But you all been there before. You all been there before. When it comes to dating, a guy's, a gal, a gal's run, running ramshot over you guys. Guys treating you girls like crap. And you're young. You don't know any better. Probably one of your first real relationships. And you just let them do it because you, you cannot understand, like, well, they must be pissed off about something. And they wouldn't be pissed off about nothing. So I must have done something I'm unaware of, and therefore I should apologize. That's what a logical, moral person would do. They just find out there's sadists all over the place. But there was when the one there's been two girls, two girls in my life that I broke up with, and I know somebody who also has a similar situation. And I'm gonna I'm gonna text him, let him know that he's mentioned in this. Although I won't mention him by name, but there have been two girls that I dumped that had never been dumped before. And not only was it great telling them to F off and get the hell out of there, but the fact that I was the only guy to dump them. Oh, they didn't like that. that one of I've told the story before. One of that was where the girl, I said, ah, that's all right, I don't want to sleep with you anymore. And she just punched me. I wonder if I should wait another 20 years and then file assault charges. Uh, and then another gal, I just said, nah, we're, we're done, we're breaking up. And then she just sliced my tires. They don't, girls don't like it. Nobody puts baby in a corner. But you're not going to get those events back. There was another gal, not that I groveled, but I like, kept trying to get back, trying to get back, trying to get back, and real, didn't realize I was young at the time, younger. 
uh, I didn't realize how that came off as sappy because that's what you're programmed to do. But you can't get that. You give up your pride. You give up your value. You give up yourself. And everybody should go through that experience so you know how disgusting and inferior and slimy, even though you're not amoral about it. I don't know what it is. There's nothing wrong. But but to give up your pride, to, to say, look, I'll do whatever. And, and like it's like sacrificing your own moral self or, or something. I can't put my finger on it. But you feel disgusted with yourself in the end. Oh, but then when those opportunities come where you can you can get it back and you stand up for yourself and you stare them down, you can, and you can only do it. See, you can, with relationships, you can always do that because if a relationship is toxic, it's bad for your health and your finances. Plus, there are really no finances involved in a relationship. I'm not talking marriage. I'm just talking you're dating someone who, who's, who's a loser, male or female, and uh, they're not being fair. They have the drama, antics. They got the bipolars, whatever they claim to have nowadays. You break up with them. There's no, but you can't do that so much when it comes to the employment world. All the amount of times I had to bite my tongue in banking, where I had to sit there and listen to some truly, genuinely inferior, amoral, evil, disgusting piece of slop who got ahead because of cronyism, corruption, or conformity. And then just decided that they had it out for me and that I wasn't playing ball and I wasn't, or whatever. You guys know it. You've been there and you need that job because you had student loans, or in my case, you just couldn't hold down a job. I didn't even have that many expenses. And I didn't. And a lot of times I would. I guess, I guess, I guess I. I get I get amazed when people stay at a job for five years that they hate. I'm like I the only place I've ever worked the longest I ever worked was over at the U of M P D for three and a half years. That's the longest I ever worked. So I guess I really didn't take a lot of my boss's guff. I always had my dance classes. I always had something else going on. I always had a side gig going. Always taught finance classes. Always had rental property. Always had somebody subsidizing my rent. Always lived very cheaply. So what, since the age of 22? Anyone give, gave me this, not the slightest bit, but if, if it got to like, yeah, see you, bye. Always got a kick when bosses, what's going on? What are you? Like, I remember reading my ex-boss, the right act, the, the fat one who died, whose grave I was still to this day would like to dance on, but my lawyer advises against it. That would make a great YouTube video. It would. It would make a great YouTube video. Who likes bankers, especially ones responsible for the housing crisis? He, he didn't understand why I just got up and quit. <laughs> had no idea. And if you ever want to hear the reading of the riot act and just destroying a, a ball, it was classic. It was classic. He, all he had left to say is, well, you, you obviously have mental problems. It's like, no. And then, and then he ended up getting fired. Well, actually, the whole management staff of that bank got fired. Your tax dollars went to bail it out. And then he ran another bank into the ground. And I got a cease and desist order. I always love it when I'm right. When the feds come on my side, it's kind of like, yeah, the old Claire Meister wasn't joking, was he now? Apparently, Aaron was right. But that's, that's what happened in the past 48 hours. I was like, cool. I don't have to work on this ever again. I can start writing more regularly on my blog. Oh, by the way, somebody got his panties in a bundle. 
when I mentioned I got a Patreon account. By the way, if you want to donate to a Patreon, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Aaron Clary and donate money. I'm making three whole dollars per month now on my Patreon. Yeah. But he got all upset. He's like, you know what? You haven't been... This is like, again, like he's the boss. Like he he owns me or something. Again, one of these sadists. Probably a middle-aged baby boomer F. He's like, you know what? You haven't... You've been milling it in. You haven't been riding as much. You're just, you're just doing this. You're, doing, you're, you're hiking around. You're riding your motorcycles. You're playing golf. And now you expect us to donate with a picture? You better get your act together, boy. It's like... Really? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna lecture me on how I was like, yeah, you're darn right I'm playing golf and you're darn right I'm motorcycle and I'm hiking. It's because I paid off my mortgage, I put in my dues, and now I get to relax and have a little bit of fun. Well, there's also the whole thing of asshole consulting now taking up a good two, two and a half hours a day. That's that's another thing. It's not like I just at least I'm not like watching TV. I could see if you guys would get upset if I was just watching TV. But I have no pain, no guilt, not a pang of guilt. I'm I'm incredibly proud that today I went to the gym. I did a quick little hike. I was scoping out how to get up this one mountain. I'm kind of looking at it and did some reconnaissance. Not an obvious way to get up at all. It doesn't look bad. No, no, no obvious or good way to get up that mountain. Then I'm going to go get my tooth cleanings. And then I'm going to go to the gym again, do another body workout. And then I'm going to upload this podcast. And that will be my workday, ladies and gentlemen. That will be my workday. And tomorrow, which is Wednesday, I have an article I wrote, I think, for another website linked. I'm like, yeah, that's going to do. So you guys can read that. You can read that. And I'm going to probably go golf tomorrow. And I'm going to enjoy the sun and I'm going to live my life. And you can support my habits of frugality, minimalism, and maximum freedom and fun of donating to my Patreon account. I threw it in there because I was... People have been asking if I have Patreon. That's one reason. That's the primary reason. But then the other thing is, I, I can't believe how much money people make on Patreon. I just can't believe it. I wanted to do Patreon until I found out that it's all Nazis and you had to be invited. I'm like, eh, nah, nah, that's all right. My grandmother on the Jewish side probably would not approve. But there's like guys that just like nerds, not cool nerds like Chris Beckloff, but like actual nerds who just just hey, don't. Hundreds, thousands of dollars in their Patreons. Like, really? Okay. Here, and for, for five minutes of work, here's an option. So, if you want to anger that guy, donate to my Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash Aaron Clary, by the way, for people who think they own me. Oh. All right. Uh, let's get the sponsors out of the way here. We got new ones. Hang on, I set this down. <clears throat> Okay, xyz.net.au, that is Australia's Red Pill premier, flagship Red Pill website. Go to xyz.net.au, they got, uh, it's a blog, they got uh, articles and things and stuff, and um, it's from an Australian perspective. I know we got a fair amount of Aussie listeners, Uh, thank God, thank God I'm diversified, we're global. Uh, but check that out if you happen to be down under or if you happen to be in the United States. It's always nice to see Australia because they're going to they're gonna zip past us much faster uh, towards decline and collapse uh, because they just simply don't have enough of the population. And they just, they just want to import a bunch of second and third worlders in there. And it's kind of like, oh, let's see what happens to Australia. Ooh, the lights aren't on. Ooh, that's not a good thing. Where's the water? Ah, don't worry. Mad Max and the female protagonist will come save them all. 
So check them out. BusinessBuyerAdvantage.com. In order to get ahead and take advantage of tax laws and maximize your lifestyle, you need to be in business for yourself. It's faster, cheaper, easier, and less risky to buy an already successful business than it is to try to do a startup. Access tons of free information about how to buy or sell a business at BusinessBuyerAdvantage.com. If you like what you see and want to go deeper by taking the Business Buyer Advantage course online, use the discount code CLARY to get a special price. All right? And you can check that out, businessbuyeradvantage.com. I've mentioned them before. Uh, the Clary Podcast is also sponsored by akingscastle.com. A King's Castle is a place for men who want to leave a legacy in advanced Western civilization with daily articles by various authors, lively commenters who have both serious discussion and fun-loving jokes, a forum for more serious discussions, and even occasional lulls troll. You will want to make a King's Castle a daily visit or add it to your RSS feed. Whether you are a father, someone who wants to become one, or just a masculine man looking for more than just banging women, a king's castle is the next step in the Manosphere's sites in Manosphere sites that will encourage you to become a man with a long-term purpose. Stop by a kingscastle.com today, and they do have a YouTube channel too. I said, well, you gotta, you gotta pocket. I guess you gotta do that. You can't just have a YouTube channel. You gotta be the triple threat. You got to do the podcast, you got to do the blog, and then you got to do the YouTubes. And then you have people with sand in their vaginas complaining that, You're not writing enough articles. <laughs> Adam Piggott did one a podcast, and he was talking about how much effort and work he puts in. Um, he was citing, I think it's the X-Man. He's a blogger, and he writes a quality post every day. That, dude, that's that's a three-hour, at least two-hour commitment a day to write a good quality article. And um, I'm speculating if, if he hasn't done podcasts or YouTube, it's because he doesn't have time. Dude might have a, a regular job. And so you throw in podcasts, YouTube, and uh, blogging. It's, it's, it is a full-time job. I try to not make it one, but it's it's unfortunately I'm... I do a lot of work at night. Everyone's like, "Why well, are you always out hiking and riding motorcycles? And what are you doing outside all the time and playing golf?" Uh, it's because the sun is outside. That's that's why you see all those pictures of me. Yes, I'm bragging too. For those of you that follow me on Twitter and Facebook, when I post the pictures of my office, today's office. Yes, I am bragging. I am. I am celebrating victory over the normies and conformies. It feels good. It's very therapeutic for me. And yes, it is not beneath me. I am that low. Um. Where was I going? Oh, but then at night, yeah, guys, I, I work at night. That's that's where most of the writing and the the work gets done. Only reason I'm doing this po- this segment of this podcast now is because I I got time before I got to go get my toothies cleaned. Oh, I got to brush my teeth too. Kind of want to be polite to the the dental hygienist. You know, you don't want crap in your teeth. You always got to clean, have good good breath. Unless you're the amazing atheist. <laughs> uh, so they do have a YouTube channel. Uh, safetydoc.com uh, not, not safetydoc.com safetydoc on soundcloud no Libsense. where the hell is he is he blue blurberry look up Dr. David Paradin safetydoc uh, podcast for all things safety if you happen to have kids that's predominantly why you li- listen to Dr. David Paradin entrepreneurs in cars uh, hosted by Rich Cooper our Canadian friend not in Canada he's down in the Baja riding four wheelers having the time of his life I I was going to give him guff. I said, I, I texted him on the Facebook or the Twitter. I said, oh, why was it up in Canada? He says, I want to know. I'm in Baja. And the asshole shows me a bunch of all these great pictures of these dune buggies and sun and beaches and all that good stuff. Like, ah, never mind. I'll just crawl back into my hole. I, I, you're having more fun than me. 
I have you bought your nose hairs trimmers. Aaron, why would I need nose hairs trimmers? Everybody needs them, even women. Women won't admit it. But men, you definitely need a nose hairs trimmers. There's no better way to go get your nose hairs trimmers than buying it through my Amazon affiliate program. Go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com and click on the Amazon banner, which is in the right sidebar. You don't go directly to Amazon.com because if you do, they don't know you came from my site. That's why you got to go to my site first. That's why you got to get in the good habit of doing that. You can even bookmark the thing, and then that way I go to Cappy's site first, and then I click on the Amazon affiliate banner, or uh, lower, yeah, banner. And then I go and I do my shopping. I make 6 to 7% of a commission on all your purchases. You don't pay a penny extra. And if you don't want to donate, which actually I completely understand, um, this is a great way to help out the old Claremeister. We got my books, Reconnaissance Man. Uh, that is an absolute must for those of you if you're not sure where you want to live in the United States. I would even say it does the most benefit to read that and Worthless before you go to college. We got the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty for all the young black gentlemen or old black gentlemen. You just have to have you know a penis and be black. Uh, go ahead and read that book if you want to get out of poverty. If you happen to be, I'm sorry, I take that back. You must have a penis, you must be black, and you must be in poverty. Otherwise, I'm afraid the book is not as instructional. It's just merely academic. Uh, but that's for all the uh, predominantly young black men who happen to tune into the old Claire Meister's podcast. And frankly, you're sick and tired of being poor. Get that bachelor pad economics. That's for every guy out there, regardless of your race. Uh, it's also for women too, but I know you girls want lies, and so you should go read "Lean In" by Sheryl Sandberg. Where you just lean in, and money comes, and you just lean in. You know, get your master's degree. Lean in. You lean. Do I lean out? Oh God, no. But chapter one of that book, the first half is about the leaning, and the second half of the book is the difference between out and in, and she emphasizes the the importance of leaning in and how it's counterproductive to lean out. Uh, and so she managed to make millions of dollars off of that book because you girls like lies. But uh, if you actually want to improve your life and not just feel sorry for yourself, read Bachelor Pad Economics as well. Worthless, the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. Enjoy the decline. That's accepting and living with the death of the United States. A book for everybody tuning in right now because you are smarter than the average bear is Curse of the High IQ. All of those are available on paperback and Kindle. And the most important one, is Poor Richard's Retirement. Let me type that in because it's not in here for some reason. I got my mobile laptop with my mobile files. It's not as updated as my Northern Command files. Uh, Poor Richard's Retirement. Uh, that is the the retirement for America. It's, it's the best retirement book out there. I'm not joking. Um, please get that. Please give you. Do you have enough saved up for retirement? No. Okay, that book's for you. Thank you very much. Other people's books: Run Guts, Pull Cones by Adam Piggott, also Pushing Rubber Downhill by Adam Piggott, and you can visit Adam Piggott's site at pushingrubberdownhill.com. He hasn't had a podcast in a while. He, he, him and Wifey Pooh must be house hunting still. Uh, we got Nix's Guide to the Multiverse by Marty Andrade, The Glimmer Veil Chronicles by Michael Kingswood. The Catholic Economic Subsidiary, Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage by Alex Peck. Carrie Lutz's Viral Podcasting, Glorious Carl's Trade the Ratio. Aroll Tomasi's book, Positive Masculinity. Uh, and if you want to buy some whiskey from Rollo, in addition to going to his site, rationalmail.com, go to tapwhiskey.com and buy some of his goods there. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Oh no, there's trouble 
trouble and careerist. I wouldn't say feminist, but let's say careerist paradise for disproportionately feminists. <clears throat> From the Washington Post, which I still don't know if it's a tabloid or not. There's a picture of an overweight woman, but she's in her shadow. She has her dog carrying her doggy bag. <clears throat> There's the ocean. It says the struggle to conceive with frozen eggs. Bridget, Bridget Adams became the poster child for freezing your eggs, but things didn't quite work out how she'd imagined. I know. I know. It's, it's sad that nature has evolved us to need each other to raise children and that the technology has not yet been perfected to replace sperm. I, I know you, you, you just want it. You want to have it all, ladies. You want it. You want to be lords of the universe. You want to play God. You want to have none of the laws of the universe applied to you. You don't want to age. You don't want to get wrinkles. You don't want to have kids when you, when you should and uh, you've, you've done a pretty good job of kicking dads out of the home and replacing them with government checks. But now it, it's just, oh, there's been a little bit of a hiccup. A little bit of a snafu here when it comes to having children when you are ready. Which I'm all for. It's just like, you know, you have to consider the tickety-tock. Bridget Adams caused a sensation four years ago when she appeared on the cover of Bloomberg Businessweek, who all three people read, under the headline, Freeze Your Eggs, Free Your Career. Right there. Right there. Look, that, that is such a telling title to an article. You love your career more than your children. And then, thus, by default, you love you more than your children. And this, this should go a long way in explaining to a lot of you young boys and girls out there who you like, you came from a broken home, and your parents got divorced, or you never knew your freaking dad, or you never knew your mom. Let's not, let's not just slam on the women here, but they're the ones that are championing this stuff. But look at that. Just, what a bunch of assholes. You're all a bunch of assholes, and not nice capitalist ones like me. You guys are actual jerks. You're mean. You love your effing career more than your goddamn children. She was single and blonde, a Vassar graduate who spoke fluent Italian and was working in tech marketing for a number of prestigious companies. Her story was one of empowerment. Oh, God, stop using that word. Just stop using that word. Her story was one of empowerment how a new fertility procedure was giving women more choices, as the magazine noted provocatively, in the quest to have it all. Exactly, in the quest to have it all. You girls are going to have it all, and you're going to lose everything in the process. I, she's not with a man. It doesn't seem like she's in the picture with a man. I, boy, the, the, the brainwashing worked good on her. A Vassar graduate spoke fluent Italian. How much you want to bet she didn't major in anything worthwhile? And she she believed it. She, who did she believe? In? I'm going to ask you people again. This is the olive branch. The old captain's going to give you leftists. Whose advice did you follow? Did you listen to the old patriarch father's advice of Ronald Reagan? Did you did you, did you say hey? Did you ever did you heed the word no, or did you just sop it up with a spoon? Heck, you threw the spoon away and ate like a dog out of his dog bowl that hadn't eaten in three days. The leftist indoctrinated slop and lie that you could have it all. 
Adam remembers feeling a wonderful sense of freedom after she froze her eggs in her late 30s. It was already too late by that time. I, I guess you gotta, you got to throw your relief pitcher in. I guess if you're down 20 points in the ninth inning. Yeah, okay. Change up your pitching. Uh, froze her eggs in her late 30s despite the $19,000 cost. Her plan was to work a few more years, find a great guy to marry. See, you just, it just, you have a schedule. You could just go to Walmart and find the great guy. You have your selection of millions of soy boys and bald uh, guys in their 40s. And and uh, who's going to want to date a gal in her late 30s and uh, is kind of frumpy and overweight? You're just going to find them in, th- I, th- I just love Again, bravo, leftist. Bravo in your amazing ability to brainwash threefold generations. Let's just do three. Threefold generations of women. Where you could get, you could take something, you could convince people that something that is arguably the most complicated and largest hurdle and task in your entire lives, and that is to find a, a spouse or a significant other in your life. You made it sound like it was just a thing that you could you could just go to the gas station instead of getting that crappy uh, uh, basic, you get premium. You, you, you splurge the extra 15 cents a gallon, now you got premium. It's always there, always there. Love is Love is prepackaged at Walmart. You can buy it on Amazon, and you can freeze your eggs. Find a great guy to marry and still have a full house of her own children. She has no concept of how female, what a, what a huge role female beauty plays. I, again, she was brainwashed. She didn't. But if you're in your late thirties, it's over. Your biggest bargaining chip is gone. You've squandered it. On hang on, hang on. Let me let me look this gal up. Let me pause this for a second. I just gotta see what she wasted her life on. Founder. Middlebury with a master. She has a master's in, Intali- in Italian from Middlebury. Worthless leftist school over East. Univ- MBA in marketing. Worthless degree. She graduated with BA in art history and Italian language in 1994. So college. More college. College. So she spent the better part of 15 years in college getting two master's degree. There was a three-year stint in between. Marketing strategy consultant, mm-hmm. three years. Founder, insurance, two years, 11 months, seven months. Oh, no, that's the same company. So that's almost two years. No, year and a half, and now she's a year. You basically, <clears throat> in the Los Angeles, Los Angeles, San Fran. So you, ladies, I'm trying to want, you don't want to become this gal. You do not want to become this gal, Okay. Um, what did she give up love, family, romance, and children for? What did she give up? What did she give that up for? She gave it up for commuting a, a, a pretty, not volatile, what's the word, a very unstable career if you're moving around and job hopping that much. And uh, wow, 15 years of higher education plus the 13, is that 28 years? No, I did the math wrong on that. That's not right. Two masters, one of eight, eight plus 13. That's 21 years of education. <laughs> she spent all that time in college and not trying to find a guy or having a family. Hey, but you know what? She's in marketing. 
She probably has a very nice office over there in Los Angeles somewhere. Uh, she walks her dog. All right, let's get back to this. Um, come on, where did we leave? I knew it wasn't like she's she's working at Google as a software engineer. I'd be like, okay, she's got a real career. Okay, and you could say, all right, there's something to point to. But this is your rank and file Gen Xer middle aged woman career. It's nothing unique. It's nothing exciting. It's nothing to point at, and it certainly doesn't compensate for having love either from a spouse and a, 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 a pair bonded uh, customer. I was going to say partner or kids that actually like you. Uh, Anna remembers the feeling of that. Da, da, da. Things didn't turn out that way. In early of 2017, with her 45th birthday looming and no sign of Mr. Right. You mean it didn't just you just didn't go down to the husband's store? You just didn't go down there? I thought you were fabulous. I thought all your friends said you were amazing and you couldn't find a guy. I thought he was at the guy store, the really great, wonderful guy store. They didn't ship him to. Did you? Did your husband get lost in the mail? Was he mailed to the other? The other? Fa- oh, he got mailed to the wrong, wrong gal. Oh, she got your guy now. You better file a complaint and get your money back. On her forty-fifth birthday, looming and no sight of Mister Wright, she decided to start a family of her own. She excitedly unfroze the eleven eggs she had. Why would you unfreeze eleven eggs? She had stored and selected a sperm donor. How romantic. Two eggs failed to survive the thawing process. Three more failed to fertilize. That left six embryos, of which five appeared to be abnormal. Well, when you're donating eggs eggs at 39, don't they, don't they teach you this in sex ed about, you know, hey, you hit puberty about 12 or 13 ladies and the menstrual cycle and how eggs and then, then there's this thing called, um, what's the thing called? Uh, where you're not menstruating. You don't make no eggs. What do they call that when you get old and you get the hot flashes? Whatever they could, don't they tell you about that or they just leave it like the story unfinished? Uh, five appear to be abnormal. The last one was implanted in her uterus. On the morning of March 7th, she got the devastating news that it too had failed. Oh. Adams was not pregnant, and her chances of raising a bastard child who would have grown up screwed up anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. That doesn't say that. And her chances of carrying her genetic child had just dropped to near zero. She remembers screaming like a wild animal, throwing books, paper, her laptop, and collapsing to the ground. (laughs) That is such a one. Let me read that again because it makes me feel good. I love it when people get comeuppance. I love it when smarter and holier than thou and they know everything and they're going to bypass the laws of nature and physics I, I, let me read this again <clears throat> she remembers screaming like a wild animal throwing books papers her laptop and collapsing to the ground it, why you, you don't you didn't like children that much anyway you love your career it was very clear you loved your career more than your children what do you oh genetics that's right biology nature you actually, deep down inside, did want a kid this entire time, but you swallowed whole. Well, you didn't swallow. You wharfed down. You had your mouth surgically made larger so you could just guzzle down all the leftist feminist indoctrination that your career was more important than anything else in your life. 
But your hind brain still remembers the two million years of human evolution. Not the past 50 years of a bunch of feminists who thought they knew better. It was one of the worst days of my life. There were so many emotions. I was sad. I was angry. I was ashamed, she said. I questioned, why me? What did I do wrong? Well, I think you waited too long and you put your career over having a family. And I don't think you understand female biology. And What the heck is that called? Well, you girls can't have kids no more. It's not bipolar. Everyone's yelling at it. It doesn't matter. We all know what it is. In an age when egg freezing has become so popular that hip employers such as Apple and Facebook cover it as perks and grandparents help finance the procedure like they might a down payment for a house. Look at that. You don't even have the money to store your eggs. and But you think a kid's going to be cheaper? That was cheap compared to a kid. 19 grand? And you need your parents to pay for that? I guess the baby boomer parents are desperate to have some grandchildren now, aren't they? There's surprisingly little discussion about what happens years later when women try to use them. Fertility companies tend to advertise egg freezing, oocyte cryopreservation in scientific terms, as something that can stop time. Could stop time. It's magic. And many women believe they are investing in an insurance policy for future babies. But the math doesn't always hold up. On average, a woman freezing 10 eggs at the age of 36 has a 30 to 60% chance of having a baby with them. Well, that's, that's kind of a wide range there. It's not good, according to published studies. The odds are higher for younger women. Oh, but they, but they drop precipitously for older women. Huh. What, what is it like just, just believing the lies or choosing what you want to believe? What, what kind of delusion is that? You make it almost five decades on this planet and you, you just believe whatever you want to believe. Like reality, no, not getting in your way, never enters your thought. How do you, how, what are you, Justin Trudeau? You never run into the word no? Are you Mark Dayton? You got, your family's got enough money? you just like, la, 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 la. Oh, they also go up with the number of eggs. Oh, fire alarm. Crisis averted. Uh, They also go up with the number of eggs stored, as does the cost. But the chance of success varies so wildly by individual that reproductive specialists say it's nearly impossible to predict the outcome based on aggregate data. A number of Adam's friends were also early adopters of egg freezing. Today, they are facing similar a similar reckoning. Amy West, a professor. Oh wow! Look, she went to uh, she went to Sidwell and Friends when she was growing up, so she came from a bleep ton of money. Amy West, forty three, a professor in Los Angeles who attended the D.C. area's Sidwell Friends group growing up, it was one of the lucky ones. She had a baby boy two, 22 months ago and has numerous eggs left over. Well, lend some to, to the other gal. You girls all care about other people's children so much that you vote to have my money spent on it. What do you care about your own genetic blood? Oh, the genetics again. That's right. Oh, I keep forgetting. <laughs> Carolyn Gehrig Lee, 46, a nurse from Haymarket, Virginia, froze 25 eggs and planned to have a large family with them. She successfully gave birth to twins, but the other eggs were abnormal or lost to miscarriage. Then there is Mamie Fox. After the 44-year-old Honolulu-based writer got married, she tried to use her frozen eggs. Is this going to be a thing? 
<sighs> the whole batch of 18 was destroyed while being shipped from one clinic to another. The four women's experiences underscore the incredible uncertainty involved in egg freezing. James A. Griefo, a fertility specialist at New York University Lagone Health, who is one of the pioneers of the procedure, calls the whole notion of being able to control your fertility, perpetuated by the media, embraced by feminists, <gasps> destructive. The guy, the guy who pioneered this procedure was, was instructive to it. He says it's been perpetuated by the media and embraced by feminists, and this delusion is called destructive. Quote, it's total fiction. It's incorrect, Griefel said. Wow, you girls better go hunt that guy down. He's telling you things you don't like to hear. Or at least we should start a dialogue with Oprah and Ellen to have Mr. Griffo here learn that he shouldn't just say blunt truth things. Because you girls got all the time in the world. We can beat around the bush now, can't we? It's total fiction. It's incorrect, Griefo said. Your whole life, it's beaten into your head that you are in control. And if you can't have a baby, you can blame yourself. There has to be more dialogue about what women can be responsible for and what they are not responsible for. NU Lagone began, NYU Lagone began offering elective egg freezing in 2004, one of the first programs in the nation. Since then, about 150 babies have been born using thawed eggs, Griefo said. That re- represents a 50 to 60% success rate, hardly a guarantee. 40 years ago, before Let's Chill egg freezing parties were in vogue, wow, they have Let's Chill egg freezing parties. You girls are so vain. You actually have less let's chill egg freezing parties? Before the bachelorettes Caitlin Bristow and other celebrities were tweeting about taking control of their future, young working women were already being warned about their waning fertility. Washington Post columnist, columnist Richard Cohen famously wrote in 1978 that a woman's biological time clock can create real panic. Since then, countless scientific experiments, advice books, and talk show hosts have delved into the topic. Doctors now know that the number one factor affecting a woman's ability to have children as she grows older has to do with eggs. At the moment she is born, a woman has all the eggs she will ever have already in her body. Really? I didn't know that. They are finite and they sit there in the ovaries aging. I did not know that. Interesting. Oh, oh, Captain, what do you learn here by reading, reading the interwebs? Each month beginning at puberty, a single egg is released. Even in a healthy young person, the eggs are of varying quality with a certain percentage being flawed in structure or number of chromosomes. That's one reason it could take months or years to get pregnant and why miscarriage is common. Number of women freezing their eggs has skyrocketed. So here's a little chart. In 2009, there was only 475 women freezing their eggs. And in 2015, there were 7,518 women freezing their eggs. I want to know when it hits the million per year. I want all the women freezing their eggs. I want all you girls to fall in love with science and robots and government checks and toys. Around the age of 35, women confront a fertility cliff when the chances of becoming pregnant decline sharply as the eggs decrease in number and quality. By age 40, the average woman has a 5% chance of getting pregnant in any given month. Uh, Well, that's actually a pretty good shot. 5 times 12. Um... 60? That's not too bad. By 45, it's 1%. Uh-oh. And an unfortunate and unfair twist of nature... No, 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 no. There is no unfortunate or unfair twist of nature. It is nature. It is what it is. Men are believed to replenish their sperm at a rate of 1,500 a second? <laughs> Holy cow. For most of their lives. What kind of factory do I got going on down there? I'm making 1,500 a second? 
There are documented cases of men remaining fertile into their 90s. Age also affects the quality of sperm, according to numerous studies. Oh yeah, the dusty sperm. Now watch, ladies, we men are not going to ignore these results. We're going to say, wait, there's dusty sperm? Oh, we better consider that. We better consider that. But the effect on fertility is markedly less dramatic than in women. Thus, the need for social egg freezing as it exists today and why more and more women are willing to pay ten to $16,000 per retrieval cycle plus hundreds of dollars in yearly storage fees to put their eggs on ice. While there are no comprehensive national statistics, the Society for Assisted Reproductive Technology, which represents the majority of fertility clinics in the United States, found in its latest survey that the number of women freezing their eggs is skyrocketing, yeah, from 400 to 8,000. Booty Boo predicts as many as 76,000 women could elect to freeze their eggs this year, so it's growing at, at uh, logarithmic rates? Look it up. Amy. Subtopic Amy. Amy West. I like reading through this. I like reading. Amy West, an academic with degrees from the University of Virginia and Stanford University, is well aware of the research on female fertilities. In her 20s, she vowed to have a child by the age of 37. But as 37 approached, and she was an insufferable pain in the ass. No. She was unmarried and working long hours as a not-yet-tenured assistant professor. Did, again... Did academia deliver all the promises of socialism and feminism and hoorah? So in 2011, she decided to freeze her eggs. Everything went great, and she got 26 eggs, a very large number. Three years later, at the age of 40, West was ready to use them. It took two tries and four months to get pregnant, but today West is the mother of a healthy toddler with plenty of legs left over in case she wants her bastard son to have some bastard daughters or siblings. Those eggs really paid off for me. I never imagined being a single mom. Now I think of having more, she said. (laughs) There's no pictures of husbands or fathers in this thing. None. It... My God. It's it's such a dark insight into the psychology of some females. Not all. I know a lot of you ladies, especially those those three of you that tune into the Clary podcast and read my stuff. You actually love your your man. You love your children. You don't love yourself more than your children. But just having kids without a father around, it's just I I don't. I'm not even going to get upset about it. I just I, you know, this is why I don't have. This is why I had a vasectomy. These kids are going to take over. They're going to ruin everything because the track record on single parenting is just so good. Carolyn, Carolyn, Gary Lee first got the idea of freezing her eggs from Oprah Winfrey. Who else? The show aired many years ago before the procedure was commercially available. But Lee vividly recalls a female doctor single and in her 30s talking about the need for the technology. Right. Right. In 2008, Lee was 37 and starting to think about children just as egg freezing was taking off. She had been dating a great guy she met at the McLean Bible Church, and despite their different backgrounds, he's a Korean-American engineer and entrepreneur. She's a Hungarian-German-Irish nurse. What does that have? They seem to click. Okay, good. But she was in Seattle, and he was in Virginia, which made their future somewhat iffy. So with his support, she froze her eggs because of her age, 39, by the time she decided on a clinic and went through the procedure. The results of her blood work, a doctor advised two rounds. It cost nearly double, but it gave her a better shot of having a baby. She got a total of 25 eggs. Fast forward a few years, Lee and the engineer married. Thank God. We're ready to have a family. Initially, they were worried that they had too many eggs. And there's some charts and data. I'm not going to read. There's, this This goes on. They profile all the different gals. And, um, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Bridget Adams is uh there's a reason you uh you aren't gonna find a guy. So anyway, I thought that that was a happy story. That was a happy story. I like when reality rules. I like it when reality comes and kicks delusional people's ass. Um, but you go, you go, you go, girls. You don't need to adhere to the rules or laws of the universe or nature or science. You go do whatever you want. Just ignore two million years of human evolution. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Let's continue the enjoying of other people's misery, especially leftists in academia who thought they knew better because they... I, you have no idea how much I love seeing, because these are all Gen Xers now, seeing my generation that I had to suffer and deal with in my youth, and not even my youth, up until at least the mid-20s, uh, being the spoiled, rotten generation that they were, but also thinking they, they're just baby boomers 2.0. That's all they were. And they may not have been as smug as millennials, but they all thought they knew everything. They all thought the socialism was great. They were all independent-minded and believed in the ozone layer and watched Captain Planet. And they, they swallowed feminism whole, just like the baby. They're, they're just an, they're, the Gen X is just a very unnoteworthy, unmentionable generation. They didn't really do much of anything. Not really. Music sucked. Everything kind of sucked. And oh, oh, did I get my beatings from them, because especially in my teens and 20s that I was conservative and I was a Nazi and I was a racist. And this was all white people telling us, by the way. There wasn't one black person. Probably, the, well, actually, now I think about the one, the couple, well, and there's a couple minorities. Yeah, Favilla, Lee, uh, those guys uh, actually were pretty conservative. <laughs> but every white people, oh, you're gonna, you hate me, you and all the standard leftist claptrap and BS. And now it's good to see these people, I like to see anybody get their comeuppance, but it's, I have like this personal attachment with Gen X because I had to deal with you ass wipes. I had to tolerate you, you bleepers. And so now I love to see it when at the age of 35, 40, 45, you know-it-alls just get your ass handed to you by reality. <clears throat> From the San Francisco Gate, Secret Lives of Bay Area Part-Time Professors. Here's why they work at Safeway and live out of cars. Because well, they're stupid. If I'm living out of a car unwillingly, because, you know, van life, uh, if I'm living out of a car, I'd, I'd be making some changes. And, and we went through this before where uh, I think it was The Guardian came out with the article where there were female professors resorting to prostitution. And it's and a lot of it we point out, like, you live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Go teach in Iowa. It's, it's cheaper there. Oh, no, but you have to have your lattes and your culture. You just have to, you just have to have your culture. You couldn't go to where the white people are. And there's conservatives with guns out there and they're farmers and people who work for a living. And they're not intellectuals like us. I think this is going to be a repeat. A vice chancellor and part-time college professor walk into a bar. They have a drink and start talking about work. Both have tough jobs and hectic schedules, which is a lie. <clears throat> both have PhDs and both are public servants. But when it comes to pay, the joke is on the part-time teacher. The part-time professor earns about $30,000 annually and pays for health benefits while the vice chancellor makes a six-figure salary with full benefits. See, and once again, you see, I, I see what you adjuncts and part-time professors and you, you kids getting your PhDs and worthless liberal arts and humanities. You think you're going to become the vice chancellor. You're going to aim for that six-figure salary, huh? 
And if you just put in your time and you get tenureship and ooh. <laughs> Again, whose advice did you follow? You academians who are living out of your cars and blowing dick to make uh, uh, car payments, right? Whose advice did you follow? Leftists or rightists? Earning more than $70 an hour appears part-time college instructors are well-paid, but this rate is misleading because only classroom hours are counted, not actual time spent on prep, grading, and district administrative work. And if you can't manage that overhead uh, to minimize that, you're an, you're an incompetent fool. I used to teach economics at the college level, and that uh, it, you, either, you either got your bleep together and you managed it right, or you didn't. And these teachers, you're grading papers till 10 p.m. You're a moron. Well, most teachers are morons. You guys have some of the lowest IQs out of all the different majors colleges offer. The result is a two-tiered system with little upward mobility for those at the bottom. Far from the comfort of an ivory tower, the world of academia has led many Bay Area part-time college instructors into secret lives of hardships. Brad Bulakjian is an adjunct biology instructor at Laney College in Oakland. He has a PhD. What did I say about biology degrees? What did I say? He has a PhD in biology, and he can only work. He's, he's just earned under 25000 in teaching in 2017. To survive at the age of 36. He's 30s. I made more easily when you adjust for inflation as a security guard in the 90s going to school full-time than this guy does with a PhD in biology. But you are professors. You are so smart. You are so educated. To survive at the age of 36 in the Bay Area, he rents a room with a senior couple in Alameda. Is that where I want to be in my life right now? Hang on. It's playing a video that I didn't ask. Is that where I want to be in my life right now? No, said Balukjian, who is also the union representative for the part-time faculty <clears throat> at the Peralta Community College District. I got news for you there, uh, uh, John or whatever, Brad. Uh, they can fire you and replace you with just as hungry and younger college uh, PhDs because like you, they can't let go of the fact that they wasted that much time on a worthless degree and that much money so they gotta make they gotta vindicate it's not even about the money it's about vindication you guys are are in an untenable position Hai Nian teaches six classes between five campuses in three South Bay College districts he works every day and often grades more than 200 student papers during each test cycle <clears throat> something he says he is not compensated for yes you are compensated for that that's why you it's, it's given you're gonna grade papers that's a given on the weekends, Nian works at the supermarket altogether, working seven days a week. Oh, you mean like I did for a lot of my life? He says he cobbles together about $70,000 annually while his wife works one job in marketing and makes 75000 Sometimes I feel embarrassed, not with my wife, but with the students because students have this perception of a professor, Nian said. A while back, my worst fear was to bump into one of my students at Safeway for them to see me in my Safeway uniform. Oh, would that be great? That would be awesome. How do you listen to a professor at the age of 36 who works at a supermarket? Like, if you're working there because you're bored, I understand. Uh, but how how can you profess wisdom to younger people when you ain't got your own act together? What makes Balukajian and Yen's stories unique is they are unlike is that unlike many private sector jobs, a master's degree or higher is required to work in the college and academia. 
And both men were forced to spend years of their lives and thousands of dollars on higher education just to qualify. Well, why didn't you go into the private sector? It's because you were lazy and you didn't want to work real jobs. But now you end up working in real jobs anyway. At Peralta, part-time instructors comprise two-thirds of all faculty. They're aiming for 100 because they don't have to pay you, they don't have to pay you uh, benefits. Baluchian said, yet they have no guarantee of employment semester to semester and often find work in multiple districts for balance or just to make ends meet. This is called the economy working the way it should. The reality is that a lot of our part-time timers are freeway flyers. They may work in three districts. They may have trouble paying their rent, Baluchian said. You can get unemployment, but this is where you get into situations where part-timers are living out of their car. A quarter of all part-time college faculty and their families are enrolled in some form of government-assisted program, according to the 2015 nationwide study by the UC Berkeley Center for Public Relations. So, again, you guys are parasites. You're a degenerate class in the United States. You are the lowest caste. We have a caste system, but it's not forced upon you. It's self-inflicted. And you professors are the loser class. I, I, I'm going to give you a special class. You're the professorial class. Because with all that education, you still can't make it. You still got to go and parasite off of actual people who work at Safeway and maybe don't have the, the student loan debts that you guys got. Maybe those kids working at Safeway aren't parasites like you. Oh, but you are educated. You are so smart. On top of this, more instructors are being priced out of the Bay Area, said Peter Brown, a full-time machine technology professor at Laning College who worked for eight years as a part-timer. Brown said he knew of one part-time teacher who was evicted and ended up living in a closet. These people don't want to go in front of students knowing that they are in this plight, he said. It creates an uncomfortable dynamic with their students. No, it means you're a hypocrite. It means you're a fraud. How dare you instruct young people giving them advice on things. I bet a lot of you vote, a lot of you professors kind of fit your political ideas in there about how the world should work, right? Over at Berkeley, I bet you guys do, even though it's a, it's a biology class. And you're going to tell those kids how the real world should work. Maybe maybe it's, I don't know, you have a soul, you have, you have, a, you have a conscience, you, you know that you're a fraud and a liar. Ugh... A part-time faculty member makes less money per hour than a full-time faculty member at every step of the salary schedule in the Peralta District. A parity problem, Beljukin says, could be fixed with only $1.5 million a year. More tax... Right? Right, Brad? Let's just have the taxpayer bleed a little bit more so that you can have a job that the real world is telling you isn't there for you. It's it just typical parasitic mentality. I'm not getting enough blood out of this host. We need more blood in this host. Where's more hosts? Maybe, I don't know, you go work a different... Maybe the real world is telling you, I finally figured it out. I wasn't meant for banking. I finally figured it out. And I went and did something else. Maybe you got to do that, Brad. Full-time community college professors can make anywhere from 70000 to 120000 which is not that much in the Bay Area, depending on experience, and they are paid for classroom instruction, grading, and administrative time. For now. For now until they can replace them. Uh, administrative managers such as vice chancellors and deans can make anywhere from 100000 to 200000 annually, while several Bay Area chancellors earn more than 300000 Former U.S. Secretary of Labor and current UC Berkeley professor Robert E. Reich. <laughs> uh, he's, he's not an economist. He's a socialist who uses economics as a facade to warrant getting other, people, other people's money. Told the San Francisco gate disparity exists because of the unique job market for each position based on supply and demand. All right, he's honest about that. 
Reich said, the, said adjunct faculty who are plentiful do not benefit from this economic situation. Unfortunately, it doesn't make any difference whether we are talking about public colleges or private colleges. The fact of the matter is that every bit and every part of the labor market is in its own bubble. Morally, it's wrong. It's unfair. But it's, it's not wrong. There's no unfair. See, this is why you can't trust Robert Reich. There is no wrong or fair or morality in an economy. An economy is what it is. It's like you're saying, well, th- that rock is evil or that tree is good. Uh, th- there's no such thing. It is what it is. And what is fair? That these, <laughs> these inferior people got to sit in academia, work and make work government jobs and BS jobs that aren't in demand and they don't produce jack? Oh, great. Yeah, that's unfair to the taxpayer. And it's also unfair to these people because you lead them on and think that there's a career there for them. The national trend in recent years has reflected a significant increase in top administrative salaries and a reduction in total money spent on instructional salaries. According to Howard Bunsis, former chair of American Association of University Professors, who recently performed an analysis of higher education salaries across the country. I see this at institution after institution, he said. The number and salaries of instructors is flat or down, and the number and salaries of admin goes up. Whoa. You mean the leftists who all are about fighting the suits and they're for the blue collar? They're doing the same thing that the white collars and the suits did to the blue collars? Whoa. I have a moral problem when it's a public district and taxpayer. Oh. The ballooning of the administration's budgets and salaries is a problem that started in the private sector and has infected higher education. No, it's not a problem. It is what it is. You want to be paid higher? Go get a really good degree. Go get a really good certification and work hard. You really? Go ahead and become management. Well, take effort. Well, then be a, be a blue-collar factory schlep then. Be thankful for your employment. And then when there's more and more people entering the labor market and they all got degrees... Don't complain when all of a sudden there's, oh, there's not enough jobs to go around. Everybody's part-time. I can't believe what pansies. Remember your parents that life isn't fair. Your parents ever tell you? At least my parents told me that. But my God, I got to tell adults and professors and former secretaries of, uh, of uh, uh, labor this. I have a moral problem when it's public district and taxpayer money. Yeah, so do we, uh, Brad. We don't want to pay you. Even at private Bay Area colleges, part-time instructors must supplement their with supplement. Part-time instructors must supplement with other income to survive," said David Kirsten, an adjunct professor of public policy at the University of San Francisco. Again, a worthless. No one asks for that. No one asks for that, David. No one wants your services. I don't believe that many adjunct professors can make a living on teaching full-time at USF, Kirsten said. I just don't believe it's possible unless you teach for various colleges and institutions. So what is the future of career adjunct teaching in multiple districts? Not plausible, says part-time merit college biology instructor. Do you see a consistency? What does the old captain tell you about worthless degrees? We got biology. We got public policy. We had another biology. Not plausible, says part-time merit college biology instructor Daniel Edelstein, whose teaching earns him a fraction of what consulting businesses do. Good! At least Edelstein's got it right. He's going and hustling. Working at three districts is too hard. Today it would be a recipe for a heart attack at the age of 45, he said. If you don't, well, that, that's only because you leftists over in San Francisco love to have traffic and you love to make people just like commute. And you, you just force everybody into buses that no one rides. But they, they, yeah, yeah. 
They have really good restaurants in San Francisco. If you don't have a PhD, you better be prepared to market yourself. A person who thinks they can rely on teaching alone is not in tune with the contemporary paradigm. Well, he's realistic. As for Hai Nyan, who is working seven days a week and expecting his first child in February, slowing down. Oh, well, that's great, Hai. I thought Asians were intelligent, but apparently you're going to buck the trend here, huh? You're going to be a real American and have a kid you can't afford. But you could, you could afford it, but you're not going to be able to raise it because you and your wife are working. Slowing down is not an option, even though he has admittedly grown jaded of the system. As a student, I had such a glorious perception of what it was like to teach. And now I'm actually up there and I see the other side. We are still in it because we love our students and we love what we do. And that's the only thing that is keeping me going right now. No, you're lazy and teaching is easy. That's what it boils down to. And you have a worthless degree that no one's going to hire you for. Oh, Let's do the rest of the sponsors here. Hang on. The Clary Podcast is also brought to you in part by, as I scroll down the sponsor list, get a fair amount of sponsors. Assholeconsulting.com. If you need help and you got money, I can help you at assholeconsulting.com. I am America's older brother, the world's only professional asshole. The dark night of advice comes, the IKEA of consultants. And if you want to be lied to, you can hire regular consultants. If you want the truth, you will hire an asshole. And I'm the only asshole out there. So you go to Asshole Consulting, send me your questions. You guys know how that works. JacobsAdultPlayground.com. Before you come to Vegas, check out JacobsAdultPlayground.com and save yourself some money. He will tell you how and where to go because when you come to Vegas, they want to, they, their goal is to separate you from their money. Now, they give you a good time in exchange for that. That is true. But if you go to Jacob's Adult Playground, he, he gets you in on the deals. Contact him. He'll console you. He'll charge you a little bit, but he'll console you. He'll get into that group, that club, this club, that group, this limo service. It's worth dropping 10 minutes of your time at jacobsadultplayground.com before you drop a weekend over at Vegas. Conservativebrew.com. Go ahead. Order your conservative coffee there. Conservativebrew.com. They are better than Black Rifle Coffee, and your money does not go to rank leftist propaganda, socialist, communists, and uh, people that hate free-loving American people. You can advertise on the podcast for $50 a month. We get about 3,000 listeners weekly, and it also includes advertising on the podcast, or the not the podcast, the YouTube channel, and the uh, blog. And then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. That's John Grant's outfit. Obsidian Radio on YouTube. Financial Survival Network. Silvio Canto at Canto Talk. You can find him on blogtalkradio.com. Tom Lankus, blowmeup.com. He's, he's retiring. He is retiring. This is his last year. I got to look into that. I wish I had time to listen to Tom, but you got to listen to him online. You can't download the podcast archives. So, uh, and a lot of people, dude, you got to get him back. I'm like, I think the guy's in his 60s now. Maybe he just wants to retire. Um, you know, man is not meant to work all the time. If you worked as hard as Tom did, you might want to just take it easy and relax. O'Shea Jackson, brother O'Shea, over in Poland, running around like the crazy guy that he is. Check him out on YouTube. You're, you're going to like him. Uh, SinLibSoch.com. Be aware, it is not for the faint of heart. It is what I would consider actually racist and sexist, um, where he'll say things I'm just kind of like, okay, I draw the line there, but otherwise entertaining. The TJ Martinell podcast. Go to TJMartinell.com. Click on the podcast banner. He's not too bad for his fourth or fifth episode that he's got out there. 
And then um, Pushing Rubber Downhill, I know I mentioned him before, but tune into Adam Pickett's podcast at Pushing Rubber Downhill. AcademicComposition.com. Hey, you're coming, uh, it's coming up on spring. Before spring break, you know what they're going to do? They're going to give you a lot of tests. They're going to give you a lot of papers to write. Papers that have nothing to do with your degree or your chosen profession. So what does the old captain recommend you do? The old captain recommends you outsource like what the corporations do. The smart corporations, what they teach you in MBA school. Wouldn't that be great? In an MBA class on outsourcing, you outsource your paper to academiccomposition.com where Alex and his crack team of writing staff will write your papers for you. They'll also put together your resume for you for $100. So contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. See if they can, you know, you can outsource your pointless, stupid prerequisite classes to them. Also, he's always hiring. If you want, think you're pretty good at writing, you can write leftist, Marxist, feminist, indoctrinated slop. Please do. He's always paying people. He's always hiring, looking to hire. And he's always looking to hire marketers as well. Both jobs suck. They're not fun. They're boring, they're tedious, and they're not fun. But you could do them from the comforts of your own home or preferably a beach in Thailand where what he pays you would actually earn you quite a nice living. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. Check out his site. Um... He uh, does posts occasionally, and he has a podcast on all things geekery. Very depressing. Uh, but he also does the audiobooks uh, for me and a couple other guys. Uh, it's jimfear138.blogspot.com if you're looking for a top-notch and professional uh, voice recorder, narrator type of person. And mtfunow.com means manthefuckupnow.com. mtfunow.com. Oh, hang on. Hang on. They gave me, they gave me print to read, but with there we go. With a Microsoft Notepad, it doesn't. Um, it it bleeds over past the, Never mind. Uh, when we started our brand, we just wanted to sell cool T-shirts and hoodies. But the brand quickly became something more than just another apparel brand. It became a symbol for people who are fed up with the direction our country is going. MTFU is about taking responsibility for your decisions and actions. MTFU is about standing up for what you believe in despite what other people think. MTFU is about being the person you were meant to be instead of what other people want you to be. It has nothing to do with gender, race, or economics. It has to do with living your life to your potential. We promise to do, and oh, and helping others around you at the same time. Lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. We promise to do our part, but we'll need your help to change the world. Please help us by joining the MTFU Revolution at www.mtfunow.com. And then hang on one final one. Wait, never mind. I did have that one. We did a King's Castle, so we got that one. All right, wonderful. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? A couple of you sent this to me, and within hours, maybe minutes of it actually happening, <clears throat> and it's all over the internet. And I'm, I've, I had to sit down and think of the phrase, the term to describe this guy. And I came up with it. He's a straight faggot. Uh, faggot is not a curse word. It, it's just what describes Justin Trudeau. Um, I'm sorry for you Canadians. I am so sorry. I mean, for you Canadians that work, you know, those of you in the Western provinces. Uh, man, I don't know what, I mean, I can understand getting upset at Bush. You know, these people were like, oh, Bush is a is a nepotist, he's a cronyist, and then they vote in someone who's even more of a 
pansy and more spoiled than George Bush Jr. And and it's it's beyond differences in politics. This man has no penis. This man is not a man. This this is what happens. Only trust fund money could come up with somebody this soft and pathetic. It, this this sad. Trudeau lectures woman for using mankind instead of people kind. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is again under fire for comments made in a Friday town hall at Nanameo, British Columbia, where he told the women to stop using the word mankind. Trudeau suggested she uses people kind instead, as if everyone said it that way. Uh, The woman was in a town hall to quiz Trudeau about his stubborn insistence that pro-life groups seeking funding from Canada's summer jobs say they will support the federal government's abortion policies. So that's why we came here today to ask you to look up the policies. Trudeau quickly interjected saying, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind. I don't have to go into this anymore. I. This is what happens when you have a confluence of a couple things, but it has, it happened in the, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis with our former mayor, Betsy Hodges. <clears throat> but when you have... A first world country, you have first world problems. Now, there are still major problems. Like if I was the Canadian premier, I'd be thinking, okay, what do we get to get this oil line going again? All right, let's really do something to uh, uh, close the gap between aboriginals uh, or natives uh, and the Canadian uh, whites. Uh, We're going to end this tax transfer from the western provinces to the Parasic East. And we're going down Newfoundland. And we're cracking down on you trailer park boys. Not the TV show, but you guys are like, I finished three months out of here and I collect the government. Uh, there'd be a lot of things I'd do. A lot of things that would be beneficial to the Canadian people. All of them. But like a left, and you have to understand, they not only did they come from a first world nation, they came from the top 1% of the first world. Day. Betsy Hodges comes from the Waisaze, which is a, a prestigious suburb. The most rich suburb, I think, in the entire state and she ran for mayor and she got it and Justin Trudeau is basically Canada's leftist George Bush uh, which I think is hypocritical when you left this vote in a nepotist and he's he has had baby powder put on his ass his entire life he's never worked a real job he runs for politics right away he's got good looks and nice hair and you women, you got the VTs going on. You leftist women. And you all voted in. Like like uh, JFK, people voted in him because he was, he was good looking. That's how you girls vote. You don't think. You vote for because of VTs. And because these people are in first world countries and they come from the top 1%, they are 1%ers, they, their identification of problems and what is real problems is so skewed and far removed from real working people that you get this crap. Justin, I don't think he's faking it. Justin Trudeau actually thinks it's an issue that we have to get rid of the word mankind. I, you gotta get rid of, not mankind, you gotta get rid of the man out of mankind. You gotta say people kind. He's, what well, we got, you know, what, people Toba? We gotta have people, we got Manitoba, you got people Toba. And I don't care how great your country is, I don't care how how swimmingly things are functioning, there's way more, always more important problems than changing the language because you are an indoctrinated, ideological, automatonic leftist 
who has not had an independent thought in his entire life. Your religion is leftism. That's it. And you can't think outside of it. It's all you've been steeped in. It's all you've been indoctrinated in because you're a pampered little spoiled straight faggot. You're the straightest. Well, you're, the, you're, you're a straight but biggest faggot the world has ever seen. I'm not joking. I may have disagreed with Obama, but Obama had not pulled off anywhere near this pussy bullshit. And so here you have the pampered elite classes. They don't want to tackle hard stuff. Like, look, it's a microcosm, but Betsy Hodges could have addressed the poverty in North Minneapolis, which was predominantly a, back, a black community. Now, I know how I would do it, but how did she do it? She didn't. She just paid lip service to it. He said, oh, it's privileged white people and guilty mea culpa, mea culpa. Um, oh, we got to get more diversity. The, all the talking points, all the promises that you guys keep voting for in the black communities for the Democrats, and you keep getting screwed. You're like Lucy and the football. The black community is Charlie Brown, and the Democrats are Lucy with the football. Hey, I'll let you get wealthy. Hey, if you vote for me, I'll let you get wealthy. And she pulls the ball out from underneath you all the time. Every time. Democrats always do. But, but you see, in Betsy Hodges' world, the biggest thing was banning plastic bags and then also having bike lanes. Bike lanes was very important to Betsy. Now, I, I don't know about you. Okay, you know, again, I'm an evil right-wing conservative libertarian Republican who is white male. Uh, it would seem to me closing the wage gap between groups of people that are, are at the bottom end of the wage gap, improving their situation would probably be the number one concern, the number one goal if I were to be mayor. It wouldn't be putting in bike paths or banning plastic bags. And Justin Trudeau, his big concern is making sure you're all politically correct and in a, in a dark, tyrannical Orwellian way, he's, it's unconsciously Orwellian. He just th- He's so smug. He's been inoculated from the real world forever. He's never, he's never set his toe in, into the real world. He thinks the biggest problem is we got to get all the 423 Canadians that live... Was it up to 500? No, I'm kidding. What do you guys have, 30 million or something? Uh, you guys have got to stop using the word or, or the syllable man. That has to be banished from the Canadian language. You have to use people kind. I don't care how small Canada's problems might be compared to, say, Zimbabwe or um, uh, Trudeau's favorite place, Venezuela. I don't care how petty your problems seem to that. You have bigger problems than the what would it, uh, the asexual use of the word man and things like uh, the history of man or mankind. And and these precious fools with their zer zer pronouns, you worthless mental cases. That's that's your premier. That's who you voted in. And he's not a man. He is not a man. He can't be a man. He's never been galvanized. He's never suffered. He's never uh, uh, endured pain or starvation or toil. He's never overcome. You have a. You. I'm not joking. He is the world's biggest pussy. That is the world's biggest pussy you Canadians elected. And you should be ashamed of yourselves. You should be ashamed. Look, if you're going to vote left, can you at least go find some hardworking union type of guy or gal? Can you find a a labor party, a socialist, who actually has worked a real job? Can you do that? 
I, I understand if, if you're not educated and you got a low IQ, you think that, oh, it's the rich holding us down and it's, it's the white suits or not, it's the suits or the white collars holding us blue. I know that's simple childlike mentality, that, that simplified low IQ, because that's the only you can understand. Fine. There's got to be some kind of smart carpenter, smart electrical union guy, some kind of guy who's on the left but actually wants to work and make Canada great. But I guess I guess the the women of Canada just had too much of a case of the VTs because Pretty Boy Floyd was up there, and you just you, you gotta like oh my god I can't believe he just said the right thing and he lying to you like Oprah, <laughs> and you you guys voted for it you soy boys and you VT infected girls you you voted for it, and now you have the world's biggest pussy. If I was Trump and the Chinese started invading Canada, I'd be like you can invade. We'll let you take Newfoundland. Prince Edward Island, Ontario, and Manitoba. But uh, Saskatchewan, British Columbia, the territories in Alberta. Uh, no, you can't invade. You, you could take over the leftist parts. And not a thing would be done. Not a thing would be done. Anybody could come over and take over Canada right now because I bet you Trump would be like, we're going to save those people? Screw you. Screw you. And I know, I know Trump inherited millions from his dad, but at least Trump did something with it. I mean, I guess that's like the control, you know, that's the control group. Here's a guy who was given just as many privileges as, as Justin Trudeau, but he, uh, he actually made more than millions. Now, he didn't, didn't become a teacher or a dance instructor or whatever the hell Justin Trudeau did. All right, that's it. I just, I just had to read that. I just had to go on my Justin Trudeau tirade because that, it's so not masculine. It's not a male. And I know you guys are conditioned. It's toxic masculinity. It's masculinity. Male is bad. Male is bad. Okay, all right. See where that gets you. Have fun. Have fun, Eloy. Have fun with that. But that's it for the clear pie. All right, uh, guys, go check your testicles. Make sure you don't get the testicular cancer. Ladies, go get your mammograms done by a professional, not your boyfriend or husband who would volunteer. Uh, they are not professionals, and they may love you, but they uh, they will not be able to identify breast cancer. So please... Go to a doctor, get your breast cancer checked out. Uh, and remember, watching people with wearing pink or buying pink ribbons does not help predict or, or screen for breast cancer. You actually have to go in. Matter of fact, you could dispense with the whole pink ribbon thing and just go get a mammogram and that would be pretty cool. So, uh, Otherwise, tell people, family, friends, loved ones, enemies, and people you are genuinely indifferent about, about the Clary Podcast, and all my other things. And remember, piss off the guy who got upset that I put together a Patreon account. You go to patreon.com slash Aaron Cleary and sign up to donate a buck or two a month. And then when I get $10,000 a month, that guy would be really pissed off. All right, we'll see you guys later. Toodles.